Before we get started, I want to give my heartfelt thanks to those of you who answered my request for donations over the past couple weeks. It is incredibly helpful as we prepare to welcome our first child into the world. For now, I'm going to be thanking five listeners a week at the beginning of the show. So thank you to Jacqueline Wallace, Carol Eden, Kim Duhame, Kelly Hoffman, and Allison Johansson. We really appreciate you. And as always, if I mispronounce anybody's name, I'm very sorry. I'm going to do the best I can with this. So thank you all very much. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about social media, friends and followers. Many of us enjoy social media as a convenient way to share our art with others, for the sense of community it offers, and the easy way it lets us keep up with people we seldom see in person. But artists who are not enthusiastic about social media can feel pressured into participating because of the benefits it offers, yet squeamish and awkward when they do. Today we'll talk about the role of social media in an art practice and how to find a comfort level with participating if you've been avoiding it. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. So uh, this this topic is ever-present, really, in most of our lives. And um, so we're going to kind of focus today on the aspect of friends and followers, uh, but a little bit of other general stuff, too. And to say before we get into it... Um, uh, we want to talk about this without getting too much into the pros and cons of the different platforms that are out there, like, is it better to be on Instagram or Facebook and so on? I think there's a lot of information out there about that um, and to help you make a choice about that. And we also don't want to get too far into security concerns that do keep people away from social media um, other than to say, yes, they exist. Um, and yet it seems to be the world we live in and really just staying off it completely is the only way to really avoid that. Um, and I guess with this podcast, we're assuming that our listeners either have some involvement with social media or a feeling that they want or need to, to some extent anyway. Um, after all, I mean, you're listening to a podcast here and it kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with, with social media to some extent. So those are the things we're not going to get into heavily. Um, I think there's, like I said, a lot of info out there. Um, and I, But we also want to talk about this from the perspective of not just people who um, who are involved in it now, but but people who are a little hesitant. And but for for everyone, just how to kind of uh, maximize the positive aspects of it. So, um, and we're gonna we're gonna stick to Facebook and Instagram really because those are the the um, the two most used platforms by by artists, um, and that's that's the main one. So. Um, you know, like we've said, there's a lot of different attitudes about social media. And I know artists at both ends of the spectrum, like some who post work on Facebook or Instagram nearly every day, uh, and some who don't have any social media accounts at all. Um, and my own position for what it's worth, um, I can, I can actually sympathize with both extremes. And sometimes when my artist friends tell me they don't do social media at all, I feel a little envious. 
because it is time consuming. Um, and they don't, you know, they seem to be all right without it. And so there, there can be absolutely that situation where you'd say, I'm not getting involved in that. Um, myself, I'm pretty much in the middle, but I, I do, I do really keep my focus on art related posts. So what I'm posting, uh, is a lot of my new work, but not all my new work. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't post every day, so I will be a little selective about what I put up there. I put up photos of my studio, um, and there are always some posts that just say something about my life or things I'm involved with, maybe some occasion or memory. Or I, I do post a lot of pictures of the landscape, of my walks, my surroundings, because um, that's important to my work, really. Um, but basically you know, just an occasional thing about myself that helps people kind of know who I am. But I do draw lines. I, I mean, there are things to me that are just too personal. And uh, one of those is I, I never post anything aimed at gaining like sympathy or uh, speculation about my state of mind or my health. Because I, I really think, you know, do other people actually want to see injuries or <laughs> pain or whatever or hear me complain about things and it's something I find disturbing when I see in other people's posts is you know here's my massive bruise or my stitches or something it I just I don't quite get the impulse to do that <laughs> so I don't do that and and I don't I just don't want to post anything where people will feel you know like they have to be sorry or something I I really try to stick to positive stuff um and I do, I do personally choose to stay away from politics. Um, it's just not how I want to spend my time engaging. And I also think there's plenty of that out there already. So that's another area that I don't really get into. Um, so uh, those are kind of my, my own boundaries about what I feel like I don't want to talk about. I think there's some others too, but yeah, I would say unless your artwork is explicitly about politics or religion, uh, those are probably topics that are only going to alienate people who might otherwise be interested in your artwork. Right. And and I this is going to be, you know, a big point of the podcast today is to say, um, you know, shaping people to be interested in your artwork and not diverting them with this other stuff. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought about this podcast. I thought, well, this is pretty personal at times, but... I also think it's something that people engage with in a different way because it is more like a conversation and yes, a one-sided conversation, but there's something about scrolling through Facebook news feeds and it's so random what you come across. It's like everything under the sun and there's no real focus to it. And I would say you and I, we, we are pretty focused on whatever topic we're going to be talking about. And I think that creates a little more latitude for discussion and for being a little personal and bringing in anecdotes and things. Um, that's not just, you know, the the type of post that just comes at people with declaration of something or other, <laughs> you know, there's a context to it, I suppose. Um, right. And I, and I have shared a little bit more of, of kind of my personal life as part of the pre-rolls um, in the last couple of episodes and, um, and that, that really is something that I don't like to do. 
Um, but it's something that I feel is necessary right now. And, uh, and, and also if, if, uh, if anyone saw the email that, that was sent out, um, that is a real email. It's not, it's not a scam. We did have somebody (laughs) ask if, if this was a scam letter and, and it is something that I wrote, um, because I wanted to, you know, share what we're going through with our email subscribers and, uh, and try to reach some people who maybe hadn't heard the pre-roll, uh, in the last couple episodes, um, but that, like I say, that's something that really I, I try to s- steer clear from. It's not something that I like to do. No, and it, it also is related to the podcast because what you're asking for is donations because you spend a lot of time on the podcast. <laughs> you know, There's no reason you shouldn't be earning some money from it. So it is related. Um, you're not you know, talking about something completely unrelated with that. But that's, that's the impression. I mean, I... It really strikes me that there is nothing else that we engage with or have engaged with in the past before these social media platforms where we're just inundated with this huge random collection of stuff, you know, like everything from funny cat videos to political statements and and it's and photographs of somebody's aunt's wedding and it's just all going past, you know, and if you I think anybody who engages with, say, Facebook knows the feeling of just scrolling through and seeing all this stuff go by, and it's overwhelming. And so I guess what I, I want to you know, talk about is how to, how to create your feed being more specific, being more focused. And that's, you know, I was talking a little bit about, you know, how I go about this. So really... I'm pretty calculated about what I post or what I don't post, and it is aimed at my visibility as an artist. And and what I think of as kind of my baseline, I suppose, and I had to think about this because it's really kind of just intuitive or automatic, but I thought about, you know, if I was talking to somebody that I like, but I didn't know them very well, just an acquaintance or something, what kind of things might I say? You know, I probably wouldn't be very personal. I would be pleasant. I would be informative or whatever, and I'd ask about them. But it's not, you know, I don't want to dump a bunch of stuff on somebody I just met. And I don't think, and so I'm talking about sort of crafting a Facebook image, but I don't think that's fake. And that's one thing that people complain about. I think it can be fake if you're not being authentic in what you post. But, um, I think if you just stick to things that are true and real and honest, um, that's fine. I mean, that's what we do in these kind of normal interactions with people that we don't know very well. And you can certainly keep large parts of your life private. And when you do that, you know, your work takes center stage. And so I think it's something to really think about. And it occurred to me that to talk about the difference between, and here we're talking about Facebook, Facebook friends and Facebook followers. Um, They can definitely both bring rewards and benefits, but they're pretty different categories. And yet they're kind of blurred in our minds because um, I I think that most artists have many quote unquote friends who are really actually more like followers. In other words, <clears throat> people that you don't actually know. And um, and from my own perspective, if I want to connect with an artist, 
I would be more likely to send them a friend request. And I, I think that's sort of the default mode. It's how we tend to connect with somebody whose work we like and, you know, we want to see what they're up to. And it's true that a lot of artists have pages on Facebook, which would be more like the professional site. And that's, you know, always recommended. Well, that's what you can do to separate out your, you know, your actual friends from, you know, people that are just following you. But uh, I don't think that's actually how it works. I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people go to those pages as much as they do to the, to someone's uh, friend situation, their timeline, I guess it's called. And it seems like that sending that friend request is kind of the default mode. So your artist page, if you have one, the professional page may not really be getting a lot of traffic. And at the same time, you have maybe thousands of friends who are on your other page, on your personal page. And that's my own situation. And and I started to wonder if that were true for other artists. And I, I checked a few people and I could see that they typically had more activity on their on their timeline, their personal page. So um, that just got me thinking, well, okay, when we friend somebody or somebody friends us, it sounds friendly. Like it's easy to think of them that way. There are people, you might at least unconsciously think there are people who are interested in everything about you, you know, your your whole life and some of these things that are quite personal. And I, I also think this is really kind of weird, but I think on some level, we can start to think of our devices, whether it's your phone or your laptop itself as a friend, <laughs> a confidant, if you will, like we talk to these things, we tell them things, we get responses on the screens. And so it all kind of lowers your defenses, I think, about what you're going to put up there, unless you get a little more conscious about it. And I think, I think in my opinion, this is all, this is quite an opinionated podcast here, but I think this is where, I think you, you wanted this, right, Ross? You wanted me to get a little bit worked up about something here, but I, yeah. I th- <laughs> well, and I also have a, a, a less than, than lovely relationship with social media. I'm, I kind of hate it. So yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just think that, that, Things can fall apart for your aims as an artist when you give in to this idea that you're entering this this friendly realm where you can say whatever you want or that people will be interested in whatever you put. Even though some of it could be quite boring, um, people post things about, I mean, I've seen things like, oh, I couldn't find my keys this morning. And then I looked and I looked and I finally found them. <laughs> like, oh, wow, I just spent several seconds of my life reading about this, you know? <laughs> And and as the viewer of the newsfeed, you get sucked into this stuff. You don't know where this is going. Like, maybe it's actually going to be interesting. <laughs> so people post a lot of sort of trivial stories about what they're up to. And granted, it's not easy to say this is interesting and this isn't interesting. It may change a lot from person to person. But as an artist, I think if you weigh your posts much more heavily to what you're doing as an artist, what influences you as an artist, it's going to be it's going to be helpful. And I think ideally, what you aim at this whole friend category doesn't conflict with 
what you want to show the world in terms of your image as an artist. Um, and that just takes some awareness, I think, of what you're up to. Uh, let's take a quick minute to talk about donations for the Messy Studio podcast. I've mentioned at the beginning of the episode for the last couple of weeks that my wife, Kara, and I have been struggling lately and really need your financial support to get through a difficult time. I really appreciate all of the people who have already donated, but they represent around 2% of our total listeners. I've put hundreds of hours of work into producing this content, and I've never been paid until now. If you've been thinking about donating but haven't done so, then please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the yellow Donate button at the top of the screen. Donations of even small amounts are greatly appreciated. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the yellow Donate button. Thanks again to all of you for your support. Let's get back into it. Okay, so I'd like to talk a little bit more specifically about what to think about when you're posting, because um, I've kind of laid out some general ideas about trying to keep it art-focused. Um, and one of those is, I mean, really just to think about, if you like to post more personal stuff, does it actually work to mix it all up together? Um, or do you want a more consistent or image, uh, artistic image of yourself? I guess you could put it like that. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, most people use Facebook and Instagram by scrolling through that homepage, that news page, which becomes an incredible mix of, you know, ideas and memes and pet photos and food and parties and news and politics and, oh, yes, sometimes art. <laughs> uh, most people don't just go to your timeline page to see what you are up to. They're scrolling through all this stuff. So if you stay on topic by having most of your posts at least be mostly art-related, you I think over time you start to stand out in this kind of crazy mix. You know, when, when somebody sees that there's a post by you, they figure right away it's going to be about your work or at least related to your life as an artist. And if that's why they're following you and interested in you, it just creates a better uh, picture, I think. When, when you're just posting about everything that comes into your mind, I think you lose the impact of your image as an artist focused on their art. And I think, to me, that's what I want to do with social media. Um, that's, that's the reason I use it. Well, and the more engagement there is with your content, the more likely it is that Facebook is going to show your content to other users. So if you're putting a lot of content out there on social media that isn't getting engagements, then it becomes less likely that Facebook is going to show things that you post to other people. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier about the artist pages, those professional pages, and are they effective? Because usually we are advised to have an artist page and a personal page since most people, uh, but as I said, as since most people who want to follow you do so as friends, not followers, uh, your artist page may not get a lot of traffic. And, and I find that I don't even look at it all that much. Uh, although this is a complete aside, but if you do have an artist page, it's interesting that it has a totally different news feed. And that's kind of interesting because you have a, like you're posting about art on your artist page. If you click um, the homepage there, the news feed, you'll see like it's all art related. So that's really interesting. And I do that sometimes. Um, and I would say the the professional page is good to have 
have one, especially if you really do have two distinct groups. Uh, you actually do have basically only actual friends or people that you're pretty closely connected to um, in your other group of friends. But it doesn't really seem to usually work that way. You know, usually people don't have like uh, friends that are actually people they know who would actually want to hear this more personal content. And so um, that's why we wanted to kind of distinguish between friends and followers. The followers are clearly interested in your work, and it's good to have that distinction. But there's this kind of muddy category of, of friends. Um, and the other reason to have a public page on Facebook is, uh, and Instagram, most of the Instagram pages um, are public. You can also point uh, people who don't use social media to those pages because they're public. So it can kind of function as a mini um, website if you want to look at it that way. And when you're when you're in your in your other realm, your friends realm, most of us know that there are different settings you can create. And so um, most of us, I think a lot of artists have that set on anyone can see it because, because of being aware that uh, the way that they've attracted all these friends who are really followers is by having that setting. And that's how you get a lot more people to look at your work. But it also means to separate, to separate out the personal stuff. And one of the things that you can do um, with a Facebook setting is to create a list of people that actually know you. And you can do this on Facebook. Um, that is actual friends. And so um, occasionally, you know, I have such a list and occasionally I've posted things that only they can see. And if it's something I, I would just share with my actual friends. So that's another way to deal with this whole thing. Uh, and, and talking here about Facebook on Instagram, it's different. Um, there really aren't designations or controls on who's seeing your stuff unless you do make your account private. Uh, I guess to some extent you can control who's looking at you with using hashtags that are relevant. Uh, but still, you know, people scrolling through the, the homepage there are going to see whatever. So um, anyway, I guess, you know, the main point of all of this is just uh, try to avoid posting things that really don't have any benefit to yourself or to others. And if you do want to post those things, make a list of who's going to see it. And and I don't want to be too hard line here. I think some amount of personal stuff is okay. I mean, th there is an interest and value in showing that you're the person, you're a person behind your work. And, you know, that it's okay. I mean, it, it's, it helps people see who you are and maybe understand what you do, where you live, that kind of thing. Well, and there is certainly value in, in developing a kind of a personal relationship with the people that are viewing your content. And I I think that much of the time when people are buying art, they're buying the artist as much as the art. And if they if they have that personal connection with you, that is valuable. But the way that we cultivate that is not by posting pictures of owies. <laughs> right. You know, it's 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 <laughs> It, they, we need to share something of ourselves that that is personal and not grotesque. Well, and I, I, another one of my kind of baseline ideas about you know how would you know what that was? Let's say that a magazine or somebody was going to write a profile of you as an artist, like an interview or something, and you 
get to talk about your art, I'm sure, but they might also, the author might also mention something like, oh, you know, she likes to hike or, or she has a messy studio or whatever it is. And, and, you know, just kind of give a little background, create a picture of this person. And, um, and that's, you know, I think that's of general interest. If you're interested in someone's work, I would read something like that and get a, get a picture of where they, where they operate and what's their world like. Um, and that's sort of another kind of, yeah, kind of baseline of, okay, what, what fits in that? What would you, if you were reading an article about yourself in a magazine, are there things that you would say, oh, I wish she hadn't said that when she wrote it, you know? It's like, it's okay to curate this image. Um, I mean, if social media creates an image of yourself, and it, it is up to you to manage it. And it doesn't mean that by managing it, you make it untrue. It's just that it's more of your public persona. And when you, I think what scares people away from social media is this feeling that they don't have control over that, that that they're going to be judged or, you know, um, looked at strangely and might affect them in some way. And, and also what leads people to think social media is fake because the assumption is if it's a good picture, then, you know, this is very highly curated. But again, I, I mentioned this earlier. I don't think that's, I don't think it's being un, inauthentic or fake to keep some of your life private. I think that's just, that's just human nature, good human nature, I guess. Another thing that we've talked about um, briefly in this, in this episode um, there, a lot of what we do on social media is is really trying to manipulate the algorithm to get our content in front of new eyes um, and and be content that is valuable to the platform because it increases engagement um, you know a great way to do that is like uh, doing uh, video or Facebook live um, but the something that you should always be thinking about, because there are people that have turned this into a science, you know, that, that mm-hmm. um, they specialize in, in search engine optimization and in manipulating social media to get in front of new people. And that it has tremendous value in that. Um, but you should always be thinking about trying to move people to a, a platform that you control. And a great platform that you control is just an email list. And I'm really bad at this because we have almost 500 people on our email list. And I sent out our first email today. And so <laughs> asking for donations, uh, it's something that I'm really bad at, but, yeah. but it is, there's a lot of value in cultivating an email list. And, and it's because you know, the the rules that we all kind of play by on social media and trying to get our content out there can change at any moment. There are people that, you know, had tremendous reach, you know, using they've, they'd figured out how to optimize their website for search engine results and they had it all down to a science and then it changes in the blink of an eye and all yeah. of a sudden they can't reach anybody. And yeah. so we, we need to understand that there's there's a temptation to kind of double down on the thing that's working, but a longer term strategy should be to move people to your email list. Yeah. And, and you can use the email list itself to bring people to your social media. And when they get there, you want them to see things about your work because that's the connection, right? Yeah. It can move both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, all, all of these things work together, but I think that's a good point about the email list. I think uh, a lot of artists 
uh, that's probably another podcast, you know, <laughs> like, how do you do that? How do you get <laughs> that going? So. Maybe we should get somebody to come on who's really good at email marketing because it's not my strong point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. So to kind of uh, finish up today, I, I had a few other things about social media that um, artists could consider. And this this is aside from how personal to be or how revealing to be, which I think we've covered. Um, and one of them is, uh, do you post work in progress? And the reason I bring this up is it can be pro- problematic in that your work in progress can be reposted, shared, put on Pinterest, whatever, as finished work. And if you don't consider it finished work, then it's probably not your best work. And uh, so this happens. And I think a lot of times, even when work is shared, um, and you have said it's a work in progress, but somebody shares it and whoever they're sharing it to, you, you have the option of including that original post. So they may just share it and say, you know, piece by Rebecca Kroll or whatever. And and there it is. And it's not done. you know, And so... My attitude toward that is if I want to post work in progress, which I think is interesting, I think people do like to see that, I photograph the work um, either on my painting wall or my easel, and I don't crop it like I would a finished piece. So there's um, there's a context for it being in progress because you see that it's still being worked on. That's one way. Um, you can also use that story feature, which is on both Instagram and Facebook, where you can post things that are not going to stay there, and they're just ephemeral. And so that's a good place to put stuff that you don't really want to enter into the world of <laughs> the endless world of, you know, things that will reappear later. Um, and uh, I think you know, just recognizing that anything that you allow others access to is out of your hands. Um, even if you don't allow sharing on your Facebook page, anybody can take a screenshot, you know. <laughs> so that's that's a good reason to think, well, is this piece something that I want to post or is it not? Um, if you If you yourself share or repost, someone else's work. And it's really nice when people do that. It's it's really generous and it gets the word around. And a lot of artists do this. When they see something they like that another person did, they will share it. They will repost it. Um, I would say just be sure to um, add a note about the artist as you're doing the post at the top. Because again, people don't necessarily read the fine print at the bottom. So I'm reposting this piece by whoever and so other people don't think that it's yours. Um, when you do post photos of your work, really use the best photos that you can. It's finished, it's cropped, it's well lit, um, and it's pre- being presented, basically. So think about that. You, you do see a lot of work on social media that is either uncropped or just you know glare on it or something. And so really be conscious of that because, again, it can be shared. It can... It has a life beyond you once you put it up there. Um, Another one I wanted to talk about is a lot of times people put up artwork and they ask for advice about it. Um, How to finish it? Should I do this or that? And I would say that is a helpful thing, can be helpful to you if you're in a closed group. Like there's a certain limited number of people, people that are interested, people that have things to say 
that can help you. Um, and I think that's fine. And there are a lot of closed artist groups on Facebook. But if you put it out there in general and you ask for advice and opinions, you know, you're going to get a lot of stuff that might or might not be helpful. And, and that can undermine your own process and your own decision making. So I'd be a little careful with that one. Um, well, I, I'm going to argue with you there a little bit. No, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in terms of the value of actually the advice you get, I would definitely consider the source, take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, not necessarily rely on that for good advice, but as a method of increasing engagement with your posts, so that your posts get seen by more people, that's probably really effective. Oh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so a very a very uh what would you call that business reason to do it is it might get your piece seen more. Yeah, maybe cynical even, but um <laughs> Oh, not you, surely. <laughs> you know, if that's if that's what you're trying to do with that, then it's probably about social media, I mean. <laughs> yeah, then that's probably pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, okay. Well, that that has to do with the algorithm then. And so, uh, you know, um, I, and as I said, tread carefully, and then, and really, if you chose, if you choose to do this, as you said, be just be careful about what you're paying attention to in terms of the answers. Like, what are you going to allow to influence you? And we we did a whole podcast about being swayed by positive remarks. So, you may get remarks like, "Oh, it's beautiful. Stop right there." And inside you're thinking, but it's not done. That's why I posted it. <laughs> I wanted advice. Yeah. And I would always recommend that you try to be as genuine as possible, that you don't do things for purely like manipulative reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and along those lines, you know, when you do post things and, and let's say, you know, you're just saying, here's my latest painting. Um, you know, I, and then I know we've talked about this before, but how much credit in your own mind to give to uh, likes and loves and positive remarks. Um, we all appreciate admiration. Um, it feels good. It can be motivating. And it's, it's really wonderful. I mean, I appreciate it when people like my work. Absolutely. When they leave comments, it, it does, it feels really good. But I'd say just be cautious there. It can be um, a trap as well. And you know, you you always have to keep it in perspective and um, try not to be overly swayed by it. And so just trying to keep that kind of view on it. Um, another thing that artists often do, and I think this is a very personal decision, but artists will often say, I just sold this painting at this gallery and oh, this one found a home and that sort of thing. And And I would say, that is a very positive thing. I mean, I think that other artists can feel, you know, quite buoyed up by this or cheered by this because it means the art market is healthy. It means people are buying work and you can you can feel genuinely happy for someone that sold their work. Um, the other side of it is some people will be sort of jealous and, and down about it. And so I think that's why I say I think it's a personal decision whether to do that there's a little bit of a crass or braggy edge if you do it all the time. So I would say uh, once in a while is absolutely fine. And I, I like to see that, really. 
But if it's every single painting that you sell, mm, not so much. <laughs> you know, there's that fine line and you just have to figure out what what feels comfortable to you. Yeah. And if it's something that is big for you, I think that that is important to share. And I think that yes. it's important to celebrate that with other artists. And, and when you see your fellow artists posting something that's a big deal to them that they're happy about, like be happy for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. You know, people post about bigger sales, commissions, joining a gallery, having an exhibit. Those are always good because yeah, maybe you'll get to see that exhibit, you know, maybe it's close by you. So there's lots of things that are great to post, but I'm just, once in a while, I, I start to feel like some people post, you know, constantly about their sales. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems a little bit too much. So um, I think that's just an awareness thing. You know, what what feels right to you to, to do that? Um, and I, I think the last thing that I want to say, which of course is always the advice about social media is like, be conscious of how much time you're giving to it. And, and for me, there's this, I get this, I'm so aware of this sense. I'm just scrolling through to kill time. I'm just, I'm trapped here. I know there are other things I should be doing. I want to be doing. And for some reason, for the last whatever, 15 minutes, half an hour, all I've been doing is looking at Facebook. And I think we rec we all recognize that feeling. And I myself am trying to be very conscious of it and limit this because it, it the whole setup is meant to pull you in and meant to keep you scrolling <laughs> through all this random stuff. Uh, so, you know, why give into that? That's you You are being manipulated to do that by the whole setup. So <laughs> fight back. <laughs> all right. Do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well, obviously, uh, advice about the world of social media is full of opinion. I've just given some of mine. <laughs> uh, it can also be stressful. I mean, I think a lot of people wrestle with this stuff. My own opinion is, as artists, we should treat this as a useful tool and something that we are in charge of to a large extent. And I think you can do a lot to enhance your professional image of an interesting and thoughtful artist um, by being conscious of what you post, that it is visible to so many people. And this is especially true if you have a lot of followers that you don't actually know, because certainly a lot of those people are interested in your art only, <laughs> maybe a little bit about your life, but not everything. Um, so, so you want to focus on things that make you seem interesting and add, um, think about whether you're contributing anything to that image when you when you post your work or are you detracting from it and you know think about how you feel when you see like an artist posting 15 pictures of their aunt's wedding or something you know i mean does that make them seem interesting no not particularly so i think if you're using social media to promote your work at all i believe in my opinion you need to think about all this stuff all right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. 
For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.